Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan, and I am curious to learn how an investor couple leveraged the power of their spousal relationship to grow from zero to 250 units in less than one year. Derek Clifford is a self-made W-2 Exeter syndicator, investor, author, podcast host, and husband. Derek is CEO of Elevate Equity, a private equity group dedicated to empowering professional couples to achieve financial independence through passive investing. So, Derek, start us off by sharing a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Alan, I have to say that it's quite the introduction. Thank you so much. I could not have written it better myself. (laughs) Interesting formative experience for me. Well, when I was really young, let's just say that I was struggling with grades. I was in grade school or middle school, I think in California. And what I was doing was just not doing well in school at all. I was getting C's and D's, especially in English. And to this day, English is not one of my favorite, one of my favorite subjects. You know, for some reason, we had found ourselves at a McDonald's or a Burger King or something like that. Shortly after sharing the news, I got a D on a test or something in English. And my dad was just furious because he kept seeing this pattern of my grades slipping. And he turned to me while we were waiting in line to order I guess what you call food at a fast food place. (laughs) (laughs) And he pointed to the back and he said, Derek, do you see those guys back there flipping burgers? And I said, yeah. He goes, if you continue getting grades like this, that's going to be you for the rest of your life. So think about that, you know, (laughs) and that's it. That's all he said to me. And then he turned straight forward and I was just left there kind of like scratching my head you know, wondering where this came from. And back then I was like, you know, 10 or 11 years old. So I remember it distinctively. And that completely changed the trajectory of my life because I was kind of in this state back then where I was just kind of like, didn't know where my talents were. And after hearing that, like it totally clicked that I need to find something that I really wanted to do and start to understand how important school was and how important it is to invest in yourself long-term. And so the rest is kind of history from that point. Well, that is quite a lesson for a 10, 11-year-old kid to learn, and I'm impressed that you managed to learn it from that very curt response there. He doesn't remember (laughs) it himself at all. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. What seems like insignificant things can be so memorable in, in many, many different ways there. So true. Obviously, though, you did get your uh, life on track and you're doing quite well today. And in fact, you're doing well in your marriage. And I'd like to know the secret of this. And I'm sure a lot of us would. And that is, how do you get your spouse on the same page as you? I never learned. Yeah, so there's a lot of ways to approach this. But if you're at the point right now where you're asking this question, you already need to sit down, stop, and back up. And I know that's kind of interesting for me to say, but to keep this brief, to make sure that we give as much information to your listeners as possible from what I've learned myself, 
it all starts with conversation before. If you try to turn on a dime and all of a sudden turn to your wife who isn't used to you talking with him about, hey, let's try this investing thing, you're already too late. You have to have a previous relationship to be able to talk about investing, goals, vision. So you have to develop that communication style first. You have to understand what it is that drives your spouse. If your spouse is driven not by money, but instead by experiences, well, then you start to tailor your conversations around getting more of those, right? By doing more real estate investing or whatever entrepreneurial side hustle you have, you have to start to frame it around what it is that they want. And the big takeaway that I can share with everyone is that for every I that you have in these conversations, there should be 99 we's. You should always use the word we when discussing vision, planning, where you want to go with your life and what, who wants to do what. And remember that you have your own aspirations and dreams. Your wife has her own aspiration dreams or vice versa. If it's your husband, he has his own aspirations and dreams. And then there's a together piece. There's what do you want together? So you have all three of those dynamics at play. And when you as the investor or you as the interested spouse in listening and learning more about real estate investing and wanting to pursue it, when you're making those decisions inside of your own microcosm, you're affecting the other two without any of their input, without any buy-in, right? And as soon as you start doing that, Alan, you start diverging away, because even if things go really well, right, you're going to want to take the money and reinvest it into property. And it's going to take you one direction where your spouse is going to say, well, we're making all this money. Why aren't we spending it? And you're like, no, no, no. Listen, we want to reinvest it. And then obviously, if things go wrong, then that's pretty clear what's going to happen in that type of situation when your spouse isn't on board with you, right? So by having those tough conversations early on, You can get your spouse to buy in and then they become your biggest cheerleader. They become your asset. They become someone that can find you capital. They can find you resources and they can be someone to help console you if things aren't going right, which they inevitably will in this business. So that's kind of a brief high level overview of what we found to work for us. A lot of wisdom in conjunction with that one thing that I think is pretty obvious here, just from the brief conversation we've had here, is is that you have a lot of self-knowledge. And that's just one thing I would add to that, that you really have to know who you are and what your shortcomings are, your abilities are, and where it is that you can thrive and flourish. And you have to know what your goals and aspirations are and have a lot of clarity in terms of how those differentiate from your spouse. Because like you mentioned, they're never going to be the same. Although you can find mutuality in terms of both of you finding what's important to you and you can have a mutual road, but you're never going to have 100% uh, goals and aspirations the same. It's just not going to happen. I would underscore that to be 100% right, but you can find places where you both agree and find that middle ground and still satisfy everyone's needs. Absolutely. Yeah. takes a lot of work and willingness on the part of actually both spouses to do so. Yeah. Indeed. Well, you grew an impressive portfolio here in a very short period of time while you were working a full-time job. And a lot of our viewers and listeners are actually working full-time jobs and doing so with a lot of satisfaction. 
And so not necessarily are they looking to get out of those jobs, but they certainly are looking to develop a passive stream of income to lead them on a road to financial freedom. So how did you develop that portfolio while working your full-time job? Well, Dr. Allen, all I did was I snapped my fingers and it appeared. No, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> I know that's how it happens. Yeah. That's how everything happens, right? You push the easy button and then things start appearing. Uh, yes, no, actually exactly. quite the opposite. Not to get too far in the weeds here, but when I first started out learning about real estate investing, this was back in 2016, 2015 even, I knew that I needed some sort... It just worked for my personality. I need some sort of time block for me to be able to dedicate to my craft. So what I did was I just got up earlier, an hour earlier, did my morning routine, which is usually working out a little bit, getting prepped for work, some meditation, and then drove into work. And I got there an hour before everyone else arrived in the office. And that was my real estate time. So whether or not I got there and I didn't know what I was doing, I still got in there every day early because I knew that even if I didn't have a plan for that going into the hour, the time that I spent to drive from my house to the office, I would have something to do. And also, even if I didn't, in the very rare occasion where I couldn't think of anything to do, that was my punishment for not being organized was I had to sit there for an hour and kind of just you know look in forums or ask questions or like figure out what the next steps were and use that hour to plan what I was going to do for the next hours, right? So that consistency was really important for me. And that's how I built an active portfolio up for many years. Uh, it took me three or four years to build up to a point where I maxed out all of my Fannie Mae loans with the single family homes. And then at that point, I got mentors and got involved in the multifamily space, which was always going to be the goal. But I just reached out to someone. His name is Vinny Chopra. He lived in the Bay Area, or he still lives in the Bay Area, where I used to live, and started talking with him about how to get into multifamily. And then I kind of used that same approach of consistency, consistently showing up in the office every day, doing that work at least in the middle of the week. And then, of course, coming home and maybe doing another hour or so after my wife and I chill out and relax a little bit. And then on the weekends, every Saturday morning, you know, from 7 a.m. all the way to noon, that was my time for me to work on the business. And then I could live the rest of my life after that, right? And that's a system that I still use to this day very well, although now I'm not part of the corporate world. So I have a lot more time, but also a lot more possibilities and a lot more things to do. But that's kind of how I started building up. And then Another thing to keep in mind too, is that I wanted to learn from the best. So I started to invest passively with other investors who are offering apartment complexes. So I saved up my W-2 income with the intention of finding a mentor who was transparent enough to be able to open everything up for me so I could learn to replicate that when I eventually become either a syndicator or a joint venture, you know, some sort of small multifamily operator. And so that was my intention is I knew it would take time. But at the same time, I could work with someone who was transparent, open, wanted to teach, and was free giving the information away and wanted to. So that's how I did that and grew really quickly. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. 
Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess what I would take from that is one of the big things you did is you actually carved out time. And it wasn't the last part of the day when you were exhausted, but it was the first part of the day when you were most refreshed and could get into what it is that you were really most passionate about getting into. And I also liked how you didn't make it a full-time job to start with. You also left at least a good portion of your weekend for yourself and for your family so that you could continue having a life while you were developing your portfolio there. Good plan there. Good way to go into that. And you said this was probably about three or four years that you were doing this, which going about it the way that you were doing it, you could sustain that for three or four years if you had taken all of your weekend time, all of your evening times and so on and so forth. You probably would have burnt out before the four years got there. Mm -hmm. So how did you actually pull it together to actually come to the point and the time and the place where you go, I can leave my W-2 job now and take this on as a full-time profession? This is a question I get a lot, and I always start the answer out the same way. Mindset. Mindset. Confidence in myself. Because here's the thing, right? After working on this for so many years, I'm fortunate enough to be at the point where I am after four or five years because the market's just been incredible for people who started back then, right? Mm -hmm. And in that period of time, I was so feverishly trying to work towards something that I could get into that would allow me to escape my full-time job. And I finally did it. And I recognize that starting from the beginning that if I kept working at this, like I could eventually leave my full-time job. Now, there's a financial readiness piece that you have to have. There is a mental readiness piece. And then there's a time readiness piece to all of this. And the monetary readiness piece was actually a little bit more complicated than you may think. I mean, originally, you know, most people say, we'll save up a year's worth of income, right? A year's worth of lifestyle, and then just use that. Well, what happened with me is we figured out that our house had appreciated so much because of COVID. And we started thinking about lifestyle. We started thinking about, well, if we end up leaving my W-2, what will we do or how could we do that? Because the plan up to me leaving the job this year, right, was I'm going to wait till my passive income matches my active income, and then I can safely exit. Well, the problem is, is that with the rate I was investing, it's going to take me another 15 years to do that. So what we decided to do is we said, well, wait a minute, let's look at the expense side of how we're living. What if we sold our Bay Area house, which, you know, obviously, you know, California Bay Area is, is insane for prices. And the mortgage was like six or $7,000, right? That we had to pay. And it was a majority of my take-home paycheck that I was getting from my W-2. And I said, well, what happens if we get rid of that and we lower our expenses and at the same time get to travel around the rest of the country that isn't like that? So that's what we ended up doing. We figured out that oh my gosh, the cash savings that we have, plus the cash that we've got from the sale of the house, that would allow us a four-year runway, four years to be able to live off of half of what we were spending in the Bay Area. 
at that point, it became a no-brainer because we had developed all of those skills from working at this side hustle for four years. So I had a platform to be able to jump into right away after leaving the W-2. I didn't have to find myself. I didn't have to spend any time like kind of scrambling or looking for something to do or trying to find capital somewhere. We had a cash buffer. My wife has a business. I have a business and we're working together and traveling and living the abundant life, living this life of freedom, of location and time freedom and financial freedom right now, right now. So that that way, that mindset is just automatically tuned and we attract that abundance because we're living an abundant life. So it took the mindset for me to realize, to make that jump. And it took coaches, personal coaches that said, look, every time you get into a problem or there's a challenge out there, you always land on your feet. So why is this any different? And that was the push I needed as well as with another capital raising coach that I had where all of these self-limiting beliefs, these contracting fears that I had about not having a steady income coming in, even though we have this huge cash pile that made me nervous. And in talking with the capital coach, that is what I needed. I need to be nervous. I need to be, have a fire under me. I need to feel that pressure because if I keep you know, armchair or what do you call it? Uh, yeah. Armchair quarterbacking, right. And sitting in a sofa and just throwing out, you know, bombs and emails and stuff and not really getting up and moving around and making it happen, then it won't happen fast. It'll, it'll be a slow effect and that'll be fine, but I don't want that life. I want a life where I can step into my fears, put a fire under my own butt and just keep moving. And Dr. Allen, do you realize what the worst case scenario is? What do you think the worst case scenario is if all of this falls apart? I would suspect the worst case scenario is ending up going back into corporate America. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's going back to work. And so when I put all these pieces together and realized, okay, we have the financial piece because we've just eliminated that problem by not having a huge Bay Area mortgage, California mortgage, right? And we can live in comfort across the United States in many Airbnbs over and over again, constantly, right? For three or $4,000 a month, very nicely, you know, might I add. That was the financial readiness, which we got down. The time readiness that came unlocked when my full-time job went away. So my time readiness was there. And then the location, well, that's pretty obvious. So, and then the knowledge, right? The knowledge readiness of having something to be able to step into that had potential for fetching income or to build something. So I'm not bored and stressed out, right? Mm-hmm. Those were all the pieces that came together under the guise of my mindset growing. And so now I'm living this life right now, and it is truly amazing. Well, it sounds wonderful and great. You know, I think anxiety, we always look at that as a negative, but in actuality, the right amount of anxiety is really a critical factor for motivation for all of us. But, you know, too much anxiety can be very, very detrimental to our stress levels, to our heart, yeah. to our lungs, to our physical well-being. But if, you know, anxiety with a cushion is probably a good thing. Yeah, I'm sorry for Go jumping ahead. in here. But I think what I'm also trying to say, too, is that your mindset, it's like your mind is like a balloon. And if you can stretch the opening of the balloon a little bit by 
having that lead indicator, which is doing personal development and becoming a bigger person who has bigger goals and bigger aspirations, then all of a sudden, all these little things that you were worrying about or all these big things that you used to worry about now become little things because your mindset's so there. You can kind of trick your brain into not allowing it to inject all this cortisol into your bloodstream and, and eject the stress response, right? At least as strongly. And the more you step into these experiences, the more experience you'll have saying, oh, this is just another small problem, even though it used to be something big back in the day that you were looking up towards, and now you're looking down at it. Yeah. Well, a lot that we have learned in terms of mind and brain really over the last 20 years has really mm -hmm. been astounding. And we know that it's not really just so much mindset as it really is brain plasticity. And mm -hmm. we can actually change our brain with various different prescribed activities. That brain is like a balloon. It can become much bigger and it can work for us rather than opposed to working uh, against us. But that takes discipline. It takes determination. And we can change our brains. We know that we can do that these days. Yeah, 100%. Well, how were you able to raise $1 million over a three-month period? That's got to be an interesting story. So tell us about it. $1 million over three months in three different investments. Yeah, you're right. I wish that there was like a silver bullet that I could offer you know, all of the people out there listening, because I know that there's a lot of people out there that are looking to attract capital to them. I think that the best way is to just build rapport and just make an intention to talk with people. And I was in a very fortunate situation because I worked in a W-2 or in a corporate setting where there are plenty of people trying to do what I'm doing, right? And they wanted to follow along. So literally what I did, Dr. Allen, is I took what I knew and I wrote a book and I just gave that book out to people. I had it published on Amazon. I, it became a bestseller. And I just really, really proud of that book because I poured my soul into that thing. And that was one of the things that I was doing in my one hour every day, right? Mm -hmm. It was a portion of that. Yeah. And I gave this book out and it was kind of like a business card. And so all of these people started asking me questions and they kept saying, oh, you know, when you have you know, something ready, I want to take a look at it or let's look at something together. And that was building for many years or like at least a year and a half, Dr. Allen. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I stopped doing JVs or putting my own money into apartment buildings, like smaller, like 24, 36 unit apartment buildings. It wasn't until I spoke with my capital raising coach and they helped remove the self-limiting belief that I have to be a salesman to attract capital. Mm. I had already done all of the hard work, right? I was spreading the joy. Like people could sense my enthusiasm about how excited I was to invest in real estate. And so that was happening over years. And so we have someone that we personally helped mentor just because of a friendship, right? That was a lawyer out in the Bay Area. And they have been our biggest investor. They've already placed three, $400,000 with us over four or five deals in the last eight months. Mm. And they want to do more. And they are bringing in their friends as well. And so you never know who you're going to inspire, right? You never know this. And as soon as you do, and you do the good work and you do it genuinely and out of compassion, these things just start to happen. And it does take time to walk these people from knowing you, to liking you, to trusting you, and then actually pulling the trigger on something. So it takes a little bit of time. So have some patience there. 
But there's some things that you can do to help yourself by putting some credibility out there, getting a website and just slowly approaching it and playing the long game. So that's the advice that I have. And what would you say, Dr. Allen, for you, for raising capital? Did you follow a similar process also? Yes. And it was a long course, actually. And and you've heard over and over, I'm sure, yourself. And your network is your net worth. And that's what I've been doing is developing a network. And it's amazing. What they say is true, you know, get out there, get yourself known, develop that network. And it's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's not just that, like you also said, you have to do it with a spirit of helping and not just being out there for me, 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 me. It has to be a mutual endeavor. It does. Not just your investors, but for your friends and family, whether they invest with you or not, it's all a mutual journey and looking out for one another. I would say that there were over two dozen times, probably in the last year and a half, where I said, check out this guy. Like, I trust this guy. You should invest with him because I love what he's doing. And it's not just because I don't have a deal or something, right? It's not because of that. Because one of the investors that came by and said something, I have a deal, but they were looking for something slightly different. And I was totally okay. Rather than trying to convince them to come on to this one, I was totally okay referring that very hot lead to one of my other operating partners in Texas. And can you imagine the trust that you get, that you build with that other sponsor and with the investor? Like they will not forget that. And I love to connect people and have everyone succeed. So even if it's not my deal, people will hopefully remember. And I'm just a big believer of abundant thinking and trying to help people out. And karma, it always comes back. And so I have received so much help from so many people in this space that this is my give back. And I will always be doing this, always be helping people because that's how it is. We help each other in this world. There's plenty of abundance out there for everyone. Absolutely. Well, Derek, tell us, how can we get in touch with you? Yeah, so there's plenty of ways to do that. But I think the easiest thing for you listeners out there who are maybe on the fence about commercial real estate or don't know how to get involved or want to learn more about it, please go to elevateequity.org forward slash seven ways ebook. And there you'll find out the seven ways that commercial real estate creates wealth and preserves wealth for you. And other than that, we also have a bunch of links on our website. If you go to elevateequity.org, we have a podcast as well. And we have articles and a bunch of free information there and also a YouTube channel too. So plenty of stuff on there. It's all at that site, including our book too. You can get that there and uh, you can learn more about us basically just by going to that website. So there you go. Well, excellent. Well, Derek, it has been a wonderful delight having you today. Pleasure getting to know you. And thanks for sharing your life and your wonderful experiences. Thanks for being with us. Same. Thank you, Dr. Allen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.